The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger Basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, Commercial Appeal Sports Columnist. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Munns, our Tiger basketball beat writer. We are coming to you on the heels of the end of the regular season. Um, the Tigers lose, beat SMU since we last joined you uh, at home, on the road, excuse me, and then lost a uh, exhilarating, thrilling, exciting game um, against Houston to close out the regular season, 67-65 on a Jamal Shedd buzzer beater uh, to close the regular season 23-8 and eight, and I believe 13-5 and five in conference play. They are the number two seed in the AAC tournament. They will play Friday against the winner of the UCF-SMU game. Um, and we are less than a week from Selection Sunday um, where we expect, at least right now, expect – Memphis to hear its name called for the second year in a row. So obviously a lot to get to. This is like the best time of the year for college basketball. These next few weeks, March madness. Um, We're going to break it all down. We're going to break down the Houston game, get you ready for the AAC tournament, talk about sort of the scenarios at play this week. Um, And uh, yeah, look ahead to what should be a very fun week uh, of Memphis basketball coming off of a uh, fantastic scene at FedEx Forum Sunday against Houston Munns. I'm curious as you're sitting there courtside. Obviously, the 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 atmosphere was as gr- as good as it could be. Um, the game was very compelling. Um, what were you feeling? Or I guess what did you get the sense was the feeling? As that as that game ended the way it did with the buzzer beater, Houston ultimately wins. Did you sense? Um, did you sense anything? Did you learn anything about this Memphis team from that experience? And did you? What was sort of your sense of what the emotions were uh, having that end the way it did? Before before we get to that, do you remember what I told you? What I said to you in the moment? Like I think there was maybe. I don't know, 28 seconds left um, or thereabouts. And Memphis had just created, caused that turnover to get the ball with 28 seconds left. You remember what I told you? What's that? Well, about my, it was about like, you were asking me like what I was feeling in the moment as the game was coming to a close. And I told you what, what this game needs is overtime. Right. Oh yeah. And that's, so that's where I thought we were going like that. Mm -hmm. That's, that's even before Kendrick made his shot. That is what I thought uh was going to end up happening um with that game now beyond that who who knew all bets were off in my mind but uh then he made the shot and or he made the layup and my goodness like he carved through that Houston defense as they say like a warm knife through butter like like mm. you remember that like he he made that Houston defense on that play and a few others, honestly, uh, I mean, like he hit a three from the logo 
you know, practically. Uh, I think his last three, it was like spot up straight, you know, straight it tied on. the game. At, it tied the game at 63. Yeah. D- the dead ahead. I mean, like he was deep, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he was rising to the occasion, uh, putting the team on his back, all that stuff. Um, and, and anyway, he hits that runner, uh, where, where he just blew by everybody and, uh, tied the game up. And then I immediately, immediately thought too much time. Way too mm-hmm. much time. Way too much time. And apparently time. so did Kelvin Sampson and Penny Hardaway. Yeah, and I mean, like, that's just the way it is. Now, not that I thought Jamal Shedd or anybody else was actually going to hit the shot, but I thought they, the the odds certainly increased tremendously. And not that, I, not that I'm saying for a second that I think Memphis should have handled it differently or Kendrick Davis should have handled it differently. Like, you've... You know, you see an opening or you see a crease or you see an opportunity, you take it. And that's exactly what Kendrick Davis did. And, you know, he gave him a chance. Um, but it still, it was too much time. And uh, well, what what I thought was interesting about that game is I think you saw why this team can can win the AAC tournament, can go on a run in the NCAA tournament. And I also think you saw why they might not be able to and why they could very easily lose like an 8-9 game in the first round and that you know they've got these two players in Kedrick Davis and DeAndre Williams who are going to give you a chance in any game you play and you know DeAndre didn't play particularly well yesterday against Houston um Kendrick played pretty well got to the line really kept a minute getting to the line in the first half um and, you know, if they can get two or three guys to chip in, you know, in the Houston game, it was really, it felt like Chandler Lawson stepped up big time, hit a couple big threes, and uh, Malcolm Dandridge had his best game since coming back from injury, um, played really well, uh, and it played extended minutes for the first time since mm-hmm. coming back from injury. But they needed, like, one more guy, especially with DeAndre held in check. Um, and you saw, like, Houston down the stretch – Ultimately, like Memphis really struggled to score in the half court against Houston Um, and Houston mixed in zone, which is something they don't normally do. And both Kelvin and Penny agree. Like Kelvin said to said to reporters after the game, he thought going to zone late was the key to them winning the game, because when Houston went on that run to regain the lead, as Penny pointed out to me, it was the only time all game. They went Memphis went five straight possessions without a field goal, without right. points. And it was it coincided with Houston going to that zone. Um, and so um you saw there though, like, you know, ultimately, you know, down the stretch of games, if you can if you can clog up Kendrick in the lane and keep him off the free throw line, you know, and you can get DeAndre Williams in foul trouble like Houston did last night. And it kind of made him a little more tentative, I think, than he would have been. Um, You know, there's not a lot of other options offensively. Um, But I think you also saw from Memphis, like the way that the way they mix in their pressure, the traps like that's that got them back in the game, you know, against Houston that in a game where they shot 36 percent from the field and Houston shot 45 percent. They were in a position to send it to overtime, I think, largely because they were able to generate turnovers and generate some fast break points, junk it up, if you will, with their trap and pressure defense. And 
as Calvin Sampson pointed out at the game, like when you get to NCAA tournament, like teams aren't going to know Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams like Houston does. Teams aren't going to know Penny's press and Penny's trap the way the AAC teams are used to it now. Yeah, they may um, and it know could it. be a real they, advantage for them. They may know it, but there is a whole different it, – it's a whole different thing knowing it and then like in, in – Going in, against it on the court, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, you can't and, – and and so, you know, I think you saw both sides of the coin of like, here's why – you know, that Houston game encompassed to me. Here's why they could they, – they very well could, you know, if things break right, I think they could make it to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Um I also think, you know, they could lose an 8-9 game, you know. I think they could lose, you know, they could, you know, they heck, they could lose to UCF in the quarterfinals of the sure. AAC tournament. They've played two close games against UCF, lost 1-1-1. So, yep. um, you know, now I do think, I mean, correct me if I'm if you think I'm wrong here, I think they're in. I think I think no matter what the, the only thing that would make me a little nervous is if they lost to SMU in the quarterfinals because SMU is so bad. But I think even if they lose to UCF in the quarterfinals, the AAC tournament, it would affect their seed. But I still think they'd get in. Oh yeah, uh, I mean I'm on the I'm on the same boat as you are. They you know if that's how it plays out, you're a 23 win team that finished second in the American. Um, it, it, like listen, you don't go into Houston. And play that team the way you did, the number one team in the country on its home floor, and that not count for something. You don't take the same number one team in the country to the wire, to the brink, when your second best player had, I mean, I don't even know if we'd call it an off night. He had eight points and like three rebounds or something. Like he he was he, held in check. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, like, for sure. And like the fact that they still were going toe to toe, blow for blow with the number one team in the country and came, you know, within an eyelash of beating them, even when they, you know, again, their second best player didn't have anywhere close to his best game. Um, uh, Kendrick was largely, I mean, he made up for it by getting to the free throw line. But like, if you take that part out of it, he was, you know, pretty inefficient uh, from an offensive standpoint. Uh, but that's kind of, you know, I mean, that's who he is. And you take the, you take that because he does give you a bunch of points. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, the point is all that stuff has to count for something. The 23 wins, the eye test against the best team, in the, you know, the, 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 the best ranked team in the country, um, the number one team in the net, uh, you know, all these metrics, um, you, you take that and you say, yes, even if they lost to UCF, which if that happens would be a quad two loss, uh, they're still in. I mean, I, 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 I don't think that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, they're, they're, I, I think they've done enough to be in. Well, and and I, I ultimately don't think we're even going to like have. This conversation is going to be moot. I think, like, I don't expect them to lose to UCF. I don't, I don't, I think the way you lose to UCF is if, like, motivation's a problem, if you're not taking them seriously. And I just think back to last year. Do you remember, like, Selection Sunday? How, like, Memphis yeah. got in the tournament for the first time in seven years. And, like, 
they were like depressed over losing the AAC tournament championship game. Like they couldn't even enjoy Penny and the players. They couldn't even enjoy getting into the tournament because they like really wanted to win the, I, I remember being surprised, caught off guard by that, I guess is probably the best way to say it. Like, cause ultimately like, you know, I thought making the tournament would supersede whatever disappointment there was in falling short against Houston in the AAC tournament championship game. But you could tell that meant a lot to Penny. Um, and I think it's going to mean a lot to the players to try, especially the way the bracket sets up where you play UCF in the quarterfinals. Then if the seeding work, if it goes the highest seeds win ultimately, and you won't know it until after your game anyways, cause you're playing before them, but like you have a chance to play Tulane in the semis, a team that swept you this year. I feel like there'll be plenty of motivation for that. Mm-hmm. And then potentially you get Houston in this, in the finals, the other team that swept you and, you know, Kendrick Davis made it clear after that game yesterday, you know, they, he wants a rematch. He wants another shot at Houston. Oh, I mean, like <laughs> he is, uh, his, his, uh, you know, sound bites are going to be missed, going to be sorely missed. Like when he stepped up to that podium and said, they don't scare me. I mean, he, I think I think his exact words were they don't fear me, but I think he meant to say they don't scare me. Um, and, and, and he said their guards aren't great. Uh, we don't look at them as the number one team in the country. I know that I know that sort of like uh, riled up some Houston fans because um, they had plenty to say about it on social media. But but no, Kendrick Davis. And I, and I don't think he's alone. Like, I, I think that 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 team is very, very hungry to uh to see them again and you know if i were betting if i were betting on it i think they i think they will see them again now you know who the heck knows exact because it'll be the third game in third day uh, in three days and 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 honestly you know anybody trying to predict uh the outcome this far out um you know of something like that you know it's it's just tough uh, so who knows how it goes, but I do think they'll see him again because as you pointed out, uh, they're going to be very, I think they should be very motivated to get another shot at Tulane. And, and even if it wasn't Tulane that they were, you know, playing for a shot at against possibly UCF, I think there's still like some, some, you know, simmering, uh, stuff, some simmering vibes uh, a little bit beneath the surface between UCF and Memphis. I know, uh, I know for a fact, Kendrick Davis is still having, still has not forgotten um, what CJ Kelly said after uh, Memphis lost in double overtime in Orlando back in January. He still remembers the, uh, we had to pack them up comment that CJ Kelly made. Uh, he's, he's, yeah, he's still thinking about it. So um I think they're going to be plenty motivated one way or the other. If they get, whether they get UCF in the first round, whether they get to, I mean, the, the semi, the quarterfinals, whether they get uh, uh, Tulane in the, in the semifinals or Houston in the finals, I think they're going to be, they're going to be plenty motivated. Um, so, but I mean, even before we get there, I, I what do you think if you were to predict the, Conference. I mean, we're going to get the conference uh, awards are going to be announced okay. before we even get to the games. So, uh, you know, like, what do you think now that now that we've gone through the regular season? What do you? What do you? I mean, we'll well, we don't vote the- on it. The coaches vote on it. Um, yes. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think Kendrick Davis is going to get Player of the Year again. 
I think. I mean, it's between him and Marcus Sasser. And I, I, my gut tells me, like, Kelvin Sampson will get coach of the year. Me too. As opposed to Sasser getting player of the year. Yep. But maybe they get both. Because there's no clear-cut coach of the year this year. I think Penny's got a decent argument to make. He could be coach of the year. It looked like Ron Hunter at Tulane could get it. But the way they ended the year might change that potentially, yeah. but I think he could get it too under the, you know, the improvement section, if you will. But I, well, you know, I, mean, I think, I, I think Aaron McKee, you know, was making a, a case early at, at, at the very least. Um, yeah. you know, the, I mean, and then I expect, and then I expect it'll be, you know, Hendrick and DeAndre will both be first team all AAC. And then I don't know if anyone else on the roster will get any sort of recognition. Who else makes up the first team all AAC? That that to me is Sasser, fascinating. Sasser, Kendrick, DeAndre, um, Jalen Cook, maybe or Jalen Forbes, yeah, maybe one of the Tulane guys. Um, I mean, they did finish third, so yeah. Um, um, let's see here. Who else? Um, Landers was the leading scorer for Cincinnati. Uh, I, don't yeah, I mean, that. it's why it's wild. Both him and Tyler Harris are going to get all AAC recognition of some kind. I and think. you know what else is wild? Uh, Eastern Michigan is not even, they didn't even make the Mac tournament. Uh, maybe the Khalif battle kid at temple potentially. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe Taylor Hendricks potentially, maybe, I don't know. They kind of ended the year poorly. Um, yeah, off. yeah. So that, that would be. No, that would I think be what, what I in, think in, right there, those are your candidates for first I mean, team. And then one of the, you know, Jalen Cook and Jalen Forbes, one of them will get it, I think. Yeah. Maybe yeah no, Forbes. I, I, I just think that, like, is when you're talking about player of the year, I think um, I th- in, if, if, if the media had a vote, which we don't, again, as you said, the coaches vote on it. But, you know, there are certainly cases to be made for both. Marcus Sasser and Kendrick Davis, but the way I tend to look at these like MVP, whatever, whatever, uh, player of the year, uh, races are, if you take, you know, if you take one off the, off their team, then, then, you know, who is more effect, which team is more affected. And so, I don't know. I, I think if you take Kendrick Davis off Memphis, then, then there's going to be a, a pretty significant drop off. Whereas I think you take Marcus Sasser, away from Houston and they're still really, really, really good. Um, and not to mention just the stats. I mean, uh, Kendrick has put up some really, really good numbers this season and, uh, better than Marcus Sasser. And, uh, but it is, it, it, I mean, like, you know, best player on the best team, that's Marcus Sasser. Um, so it's going to be really, really interesting to see how it all, how it all shakes out. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's going to be a nice, it's going to be a fun run. I think here, um, over the uh, next few weeks with this team. All right, last thing for you here, Muns, as we go into the uh, into the postseason. Um, Kendrick mentioned yesterday after the game, you know, most teams around this time of year, they are what they are, but he feels like this team can, you know, has another level to reach. Um, he mm-hmm. cited Malcolm and Alo coming back healthier now. Um things of that nature. We don't know about the status of Keontae Kennedy. Uh, Penny mentioned yesterday he's got a doctor's appointment 
we're recording this Monday. He's got a doctor's appointment tomorrow, March 7th. That will probably determine whether there's any chance of him returning this year. Penny indicated basically if he if he still has to keep the pins in his hand uh, from the surgery he had on his broken hand, probably not coming back this year. But if the doctor says it's healed enough to take the pins out, that could open the door to a return at some point, potentially. Um, mm-hmm. Sounded sounded like more uh, wishful thinking than anything else. Um, but there, that's that. Um, but where do you see this team? If this team has another level to go, what's it going to look like? What is that? What does that mean in your mind uh, when Kendrick says that, that they can still get better? Well, uh, I mean, I, th- I think that that the, the way that looks is, you know, fewer nervous moments. I mean, like even when they went to, to SMU uh, last week, like, you know, they played well, they won by 19 but things, it it wasn't, it was choppy, you know, like things, things just seem to always, there, there tend to be at least a couple of stretches, you know, even, even minor stretches, as minor as they may be still a couple of stretches where it's just a little bit choppy. And I mean, obviously no team is perfect. Nobody's perfect, right? Like we all, we all know that it's sort of unrealistic to expect that everything is going to click every single second of every single game. But, you know, if, if you get the same Malcolm Dandridge that you got yesterday and man, he was playing, there were stretches of that game where he's playing like, he, like his hair was on fire. Um, and that is what he's capable of. I mean, even though his numbers weren't like eye popping, he had what nine points, eight rebounds or something like that. Nine, nine and seven. Um, you know, but he was diving for loose balls and he was hustling down the floor. Uh, I remember one play in particular where he saved the ball from going out of bounds by diving, you know, like onto the baseline and then was the first player back down to the other end of the court somehow. I don't know how that happened. Um, the first player on his team back down to the other end of the court. Um, so if you get him, you know, playing that way every time on the floor, if you get I mean, those weren't the first two threes that Chandler Lawson has hit this year. He's made a few others. I think he's like 10 for 20 or maybe not 10. For, I think he's like five for 10, but still he's not incapable of giving you more than six points a game and eight rebounds a game. Like he's, he's, he can give you more. Um, Alex Lomax uh, is getting healthier as Ken, as you said, Kendrick pointed out, Malcolm obviously is getting healthier. Um, we've seen in these last two or three weeks that Demarie Franklin yesterday, not so much, but he is coming on, right? He scored 15 points against SMU. Um, if, if Jonathan, Jonathan Lawson is, is one who is really starting to find, uh, his footing. And so if, yeah, if Memphis is to take a step forward and, and level up, uh, then I think it's going to be a lot less, you know, things are going to be a lot less choppy and they're going to, you know, they're going to have a lot, uh, there's going to be a lot more minutes in games where they're just imposing their will on their opponents. Um, you know, and, and I think if, if all goes right, you know, and, and if, if, if it all plays out the way Kendrick, you know, kind of laid out that, that they are getting better and they do have a chance to take a step up. Well, then I think 
there's there's no there's nobody who would be surprised if they can get to the sweet 16 if they can get to the second weekend and and um yeah that's that's uh that's what i think all right all right so sitting here today as we wrap things up when we cut when we do the podcast early next week what are we talking about is this an aac tournament champion for the first time playing as an eight seed is this a AAC tournament runner-up for the second year in a row is a nine or a ten seed. Is this a team that lost earlier than expected in the AAC tournament? What's your prediction for the next week? All right, so not this is not me saying that I don't think Memphis can or will uh, win the AAC tournament, but I think the odds are against them to 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 win the AAC tournament. So I'll say, but but barely. So that's what side I'll land on. I'll say they come close. I'll say they get to the championship game uh, and lose. But I think that that gets them to an eight seed. Now, I know that's not much consolation. Um, Like, you're still in the eight, nine, you know, uh, area. And that's that's not great. But I'm with you. I think that they needed to beat Houston twice. Um, much less not beating them at all in order to get past an eight seed. Um, but I do think that, you know, if they finish the regular season and conference tournament 25 and nine, uh, I think that's going to be good enough to get them an eight seed. And, um, and, and so that's, that's going to be my prediction. That's where I'll, that's where I'll be. Yeah, I think they're going to get to the championship game again. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot like last year. Get to the championship game. I, I think that Houston team's really good. See, um, I could argue it both ways though. Like you know, we we last year. We I don't saw think play- Houston. I, like you can make the argument Memphis didn't play particularly well because they only shot thirty six percent. I don't think Houston played particularly well yesterday either. Like they got nothing from Jarace Walker, um, nothing from Juwan Roberts. Roberts. Um, you know, um, I guess they got 10 and seven from Walker, but it felt like he was involved in every negative play for them. Now they did get good, really good performances from Sasser, Shed and Tremon Mark. I mean, that's really how they won that game. Those three guys. Well, and um, what, what production Jawan Roberts didn't give you Terrence Arsenault and Emmanuel Sharp, you know, they hit, they hit enough shots. Those two, to uh, well, to Arsenal only hit one shot. He only played two oh, minutes, but Sharp, yeah, Sharp gave you gave you some good. I mean, they only play. There was only seven guys who played more than two minutes for for Houston. Um, so, but no, I, I could argue it both ways. I, you know, we saw last year, we saw it play out right in front of us. Memphis uh, lost to SMU twice in the regular season, beat them in the tournament. They beat Houston twice in the regular season, lost to them in the tournament. If they have to face Tulane, they lost to them twice. I think they win. They have to play Houston last uh, on Sunday. They lost to them twice. It would be uh, you know? it would be pretty satisfying if that's how they do it. Like if they go beat UCF, then go beat Tulane, and then go beat Houston. That'd be a really satisfying uh, way to go win in a conference tournament. I will say that. Yep, and you're 26 and eight at that point with a win over the number one team in the net. I mean, I don't think I'm not as convinced that it is out completely and totally out of the question that they get to a seven. But I just think we've seen historically 
because the AAC tournament championship game is so late, like they're not, I just don't think if they can avoid it, they don't like having to make adjustments to the bracket at the last minute like that. They've said that in the past. Um, like I think being, you know, it's a trade-off if you're the AAC, you play this, the last championship game in that CBS slot right before the selection show, it gives you a bigger audience, but playing it that close to the selection show, like I just don't think they're going to change around the bracket draft in any drastic way based off of a game, that one game. And if, if you really look at it, the only thing that can move Memphis up at this point, it feels like from a seating perspective is a win over Houston. Yeah. And they probably need some other results around the country to also fall a certain way. I would think if they were going to get to a seven, but like, I just, I don't know. I wonder if the committee wakes up on Sunday morning and it's Memphis versus Houston, do they not have some sort of, you know, could it, would, would, would it not just be as simple as saying, okay, if Memphis wins, this is where they're going to be. If Memphis loses, this is where they're going to be. Like it doesn't yeah, feel then like there's like the be... collateral of, okay, if Memphis is there, now we got to move this team elsewhere. And then, uh, yeah. um, I don't know, maybe who knows it's the committee, you know, they could be thinking about this totally different differently than the bracketologist. Maybe right now they're the committee views Memphis as like an eight seed, not a nine seed. And like entirely possible, you know, who knows? Um, I do think when you look at this resume, it's a strong, it's as strong a resume as Memphis has had in in like a decade. Um, and so, uh, it's, uh, it's been a fun run and hopefully, uh, there's more fun in store over the next few weeks. Uh, we will have tons of coverage uh, for you over at commercialappeal.com. Jason and I will be in Fort Worth. We'll follow the team t- through the NCA tournament, wherever they land. We'll have tons of coverage from Fort Worth on Selection Sunday. Anything you could ever want Tiger basketball-wise, you can get it over at commercialappeal.com. Uh, so make sure you are checking it out. Till next week. I was Mark. That was Jason. Hopefully, next time we talk, we'll be talking about uh, Memphis's NCAA tournament opponent. I, I got a good feeling we will be. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.